The following audio is from Norris Ferry Community Church. More information about Norris Ferry Community Church is available at norrisferrychurch.org. Good morning. Uh, I'm Jordan Smith, as Tracy mentioned. Um, uh, There there was a little coercion that got me up here this morning. Um, uh, This is my second time to do this. About a year ago was the first time that I ever uh, got asked to do this. Tracy asked me to do this. And then here we fast forward to this. So Tracy didn't tell you the whole story, how this happened. He was kind of like, so what's your calendar? What he didn't tell you um, is that I never gave him my calendar um, and avoided some text messages from him and some emails, like if you picked a date that you're willing to do this. Uh, And then what happened was one Sunday morning here, out there, he stopped my wife, Brittany, and said, hey, can you open your calendar real quick? And he's like, when is Jordan in town? She goes, he's in town these weekends. He goes, great, Jordan. You're doing this weekend. I'm like, awesome. Um, <clears throat> this morning, I, we're, we're gonna, we've been, over the last few weeks, we've been talking about the minor prophets, and uh, Jared taught the last couple of weeks out of Micah. Um, this week, we're taking an aside from, from where, where we've been because um, there are a lot of things going on in our church, and there's some things that have been uh, changing in our church and some things that are going to continue to change. And as Tracy, Tracy mentioned earlier, in this whole multiply 25 thing, um, if, if, if we forget this stuff this morning, then this is really like futility, everything that we're trying to do here at this church. Um, our mission statement as a church is, anybody? Yeah. Glorify God by loving Christ, Christians, neighbors, and nations. Um, and there's a lot of things that are, we're doing, like the, the big dirt hole that's out here right now is because we love Jesus and our neighbors, so we're, we're doing that. Um, we're, we're investing a lot in discipleship for uh, resources and training for parents and for marriages so that we can be better disciples, that we can, we can make disciples of other people. Um, we're doing a lot of community outreach here in the Norris Ferry area um, and with, with the hope that we're going to develop relationships, and we're going to share the gospel, and then ultimately that we will be helping to plant church or support churches or be part of churches outside of the Shreveport, Bossier area, uh, or even maybe in this country. Uh, So before I get into this this morning, let me pray for me primarily and you secondarily, um, and then we'll get started. Father, this morning, uh, I ask that your Holy Spirit is here. I ask that... um, your hand is on me, um, that my speech is clear, um, that I only say the things that you would have me say, and nothing more, nothing less. Um, I pray, Father, as we talk about something that any of us that have been in church for any amount of time have heard in sermons before, that our our hearts wouldn't harden um, to this message, that we would hear it with fresh ears, that your Holy Spirit would move us, convict us, and change us. Thank you for your love. We pray these things in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Um. So again, this morning, as you can see up here, uh, we're going to talk about loving our neighbors uh, uh, as Christians, being a Christ-like neighbor. And I'm going to do a little bit of a roundabout way to get us there, because there's an important question we have to ask ourselves first, because if we get that question wrong, then we can't ever do this. Um, And it's just the the reality of it. Um, So I'll start asking a couple of questions. Uh, You know, why are you here this morning? Um, why did you spend, if you did spend, time in God's Word this week? Um, why did you spend any time praying? Why did you 
write a tithe check? Why would you give to some ministry need or to somebody? Uh, why would you go to the trouble and the hassle of developing relationships with other people in the hopes of sharing the gospel and loving them? Um, if our answer isn't because I treasure, you treasure, Christ more than anything else in this life, then you've, you've deceived yourself, I've deceived myself, and we've missed the gospel. I'm going to read that again because that is, that is core to everything else today. If our answer is not because we treasure Christ and what he has done for us on the cross more than anything else in this life, then we've deceived ourselves and we've missed the gospel. That's core because if we've missed that piece, we can't ever get to loving, loving our neighbor. Um, if we haven't experienced something for ourselves personally in a deep, deep heart level, it's a, this is an impossible thing for us to do. Um, and this morning is just as much as a sermon or a teaching opportunity is really like a personal confession uh, for me. And I'll share why in, in a few different ways. But this is, this is hard because this is a sermon. I've been in church my whole life. This is a sermon I've heard a hundred times, probably literally a hundred times. And, and uh, our natural reaction for all of us in this room is to hear Jesus's words here and go, yeah, I've heard this. I'm good. And then we kind of move on. So I'm asking you this morning, please don't do that. Please don't check out. Um, please hear what the word of God says and then examine your own heart. Um, if we truly believe that we found the greatest treasure in all of history, that all life has to offer in Jesus Christ, that is going to affect everything in our life. And it's certainly going to affect um, us loving our neighbors and our desire for our neighbors to know Jesus. And if, if it doesn't, then, then something is off, okay? And we'll kind of get into that here in a minute. Um, I almost didn't use this example because it's really cliche, but it really gets the point across. But if, if, if I figured out a cure for cancer, right, but I kept it to myself and I didn't tell anybody about it, like at best you would say, Jordan's probably the most selfish person I've ever met. And at worst, you would go, Jordan is one of the most evil men who's ever, who's ever lived on this earth. But if, if, if we're claiming that the gospel is true and that Jesus did what he said he did, that what our Bibles tell us he did, then that is far more important. And if we look at it in that lens, do we really love our neighbors? Have, or are we willing to be uncomfortable, uh, to have the awkward conversation, the awkward beginnings of a relationship and do that? Um, over the entire gospel narrative, um, time and time again, people meet Jesus. They have a personal encounter with him, an intimate encounter with him, and they walk away changed forever. Uh, they leave after their encounters with Jesus. They leave careers. They sell all their earthly possessions and treasures. They're, uh, they're outed by their family and kind of like rejected by their family and friends. They all kinds of persecution, get imprisoned. Many of them are, are put to death because of their faith. Um, because they believe that they found something better than anything else. So I'm asking myself this morning, and I'm asking you, do you feel that way about Jesus? To, to not, well, it's really uncomfortable, I don't want to do it, but dying is no good, right? Um, to selling my, all my earthly possessions, all the wealth that I have, for the sake of the gospel, because it, it, it somehow furthers what God is doing in his kingdom here on earth. Matthew 13 tells us the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant 
looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. So that's got to be our first question this morning. Do I, do I love and cherish the gift of Christ? Um, again, we can't move on if, if that isn't taken care of. And it's, it's, it's funny as I was, uh, I've, I've been preparing for a few weeks now on this, and I was going back to God's Word and reflecting on why are all the reasons that I uh, struggle to love my neighbor well um, and some of the very selfish answers and excuses that I come up with. I was just reminded of how incredible the gospel message is. And in fact, earlier this week, I was having dinner with uh, a few friends of mine at one of them's house and uh, was talking. He was like, how's the sermon preparation? I'm like, it's good. Man, there's so many. This would be like a series that we do. I'm trying to talk about it, you know, in 30 minutes or less, maybe a little more. Um, and and, and I, just, I just keep getting revved up and hung up on how good the gospel is and how I forget. And I feel so ignorant and foolish and childish, forgetting how good that is. Um, and I said, and I may end up just going on this rant about how incredible the gospel is and what Jesus has done for me. He goes, there's worse places to end up, if that's where your sermon goes. Um, but I do, I want, us, I want us to talk about our neighbors, because everything that we're talking about trying to do as a church by 2025 is, is really about um, uh, us growing and our love and affection for Jesus and sharing that with our neighbors. Um, scripture tells us that a great indicator of <clears throat> whether we are growing in our love for Christ is are we growing in a love for other people, okay? The, these are not mutually exclusive things. So Tracy read Luke 10. I'm going to read it again with a, a little explanation, a little different emphasis, so bear with me. On one occasion, my Bible says an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life. What is written in the law? He replied. How do you read it? He answered, love, your, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and with all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. We'll come back to that. So he asked Jesus, well, who is my neighbor? And Jesus replied, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, when he was attacked by robbers, they stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. And he went to him, and he bandaged his wounds, pouring oil and wine. And then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day, he took, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. He said, look after him, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law said, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Um, it's really important to hear what's going on. This is an expert in the law. So this is... This is uh, Think Pharisee, think Sadducee, like all these kind of words we hear um, happen in the gospel. The, the men uh, of the church who really knew all of God's law. Okay, These were men who were professional. Uh, let me tell you about the love of God and God's mercy and all of these things. And, and he asked this question, what's the most important? Because they're trying to trap Jesus, right? And then when Jesus tells him you've answered correctly, um, he, he said, well, who's my neighbor? 
Um, now, we do that exact same thing. I do that exact same thing, so I, I'm assuming you probably do. I look for a way to justify myself immediately. He wanted to be able to check all the boxes. He wanted, he wanted the perimeters. Here's what the expectation is. Here's the requirement of the law. I, I want to be able to mark the box that I'm good. And, and Jesus doesn't, doesn't let him do that. Um, he paints this picture uh, of the Good Samaritan, a story we've all heard, to really get to the heart of it. So for those that aren't familiar, really quickly, um, uh, a priest came by. So the, the man that was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho would have been an Israelite, a Jewish man. And as he's going along, he has this terrible thing that happens. He's laying in the side of the road in the ditch. A priest is coming by, a man, a, a, a Tracy Graham, sorry, Tracy Graham, um, a, a, a man of the cloth, uh, 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 a man who is a professional, let me tell you about God. And he sees it, and he avoids him. Now, the story doesn't, Jesus doesn't tell us why he did. But if we think about the excuses we make in our own life when we see a need and we don't meet them, we probably figure that out. Eh, I don't have time for that. Or I've got something important that I need to be at. Or, man, that's, that's messy and inconvenient. Maybe they didn't see me. And nobody saw me, then there's no consequence here. The second one that came by was a Levite. Uh, uh, the tribe of Levi, uh, where the Levites were part of, this was the, these were the, the group, the tribe that priests that God's clergy came out of. Again, this would have been somebody else who would have known God's law about taking care of others and doing for others. But the one that stopped was the Samaritan. Now, the, the Samaritans lived next door, essentially, um, to the Israelites. And when we think today about modern-day, like, racism or prejudice, that is how the Jewish people and the Samaritans looked and felt about one another. Uh, under normal circumstances, if they were passing each other on the road, they would have probably gone the other side of the road to avoid talking or interacting. But that's not what happened here. The Samaritans saw him, had mercy on him, inconvenienced himself. We don't know where he was headed, but it certainly took time and specifically took him money to take care of this man and not just a, here's $5. I'll see you later. He can't, he was going to come back. He was invested enough to come back and check on this man and make sure that he had all the care that he needed. Um, when, when we read this story, I'm, when I read the story, I immediately do what the, the keeper of the law did was I'm looking for a way to let myself off the hook. I go, well, this week, I read this, let's say in my personal quiet time, I'm like, well, I haven't seen anybody destitute or dying on the side of the road. guess I'm good, right? Um, or I go, yeah, I should probably uh, get to know my neighbor or see if there's something I can do for them, but they look like all their needs are met and they look pretty happy, so they're probably good. Or, um, yeah, it'd be great to develop this relationship with this person that I work with and become friends, but... You know, I've got a lot of friends. I don't really have time or need for more. Um, or it's going to get awkward and uncomfortable. I don't want to do that. It feels weird, like I'm one of those door knocker people in my neighborhood or something. Uh, or the guy on the golf course who starts bringing up Jesus randomly. Like, that feels kind of different. Um, and then we start making the lists. And my list is an embarrassing list, part of my confession here. Well, here's why I haven't gotten to know my neighbor. I haven't loved my neighbor. And then, then we, we, we start with some kind of general things like, well, there's, there's a lot of school stuff this week. Kids have a lot of homework. Or um, there's uh, dance practice or dance recital or uh, ball game practice or the ball game. Or um, there's that work thing I have to do. Or um, maybe it's even something like, well, I have community group, so I don't really have time this week. 
that was my free night in that community group. Uh, this is part of the personal confession. Me and my wife, Brittany, have lived uh, in the neighborhood that we live in now for right over a year. And um, a few months ago, when the Holy Spirit started convicting me heavily uh, about this, um, I, was, I was thinking, I was like, we've been here over a year now, and I haven't had a single neighbor over my dinner, over to my house for dinner. Um, now, I know all their names um, uh, most days, but I haven't done the most basic thing that we do in the history of the world from a hospitality, uh, lovingly inviting somebody. We just share a meal with them. Um, and then I go, well, why haven't I done that? And I'm like, man, we've had a lot going on with our community group. Like, every, like this, is, this is the epitome of this. Every week, I would leave my neighborhood drive by my neighbors that I have not made the effort to get to know and drive to another neighborhood across town to talk to them about Jesus. Like, that, if that doesn't feel wrong uh, on, on some level, then again, what are, what, are our hearts, what are our hearts thinking about? What are our hearts focused on? What is really our priority? Um, the reason that I find myself thinking and acting this way, and probably you do, is because I really don't love my neighbor. If I'm being honest, probably don't love my neighbor. And I certainly, if I do, I certainly don't love my neighbor like I love myself, which is what Jesus calls me to do. There's, there's no way to kind of like soften that blow. That's what our scripture tells us to do. Matthew 22, uh, the, the uh, verses 34 through 40 was the greatest commandment passage. It was very similar to the Luke 10. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together, one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Trying to trap Jesus. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Uh, And the second is like it. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Okay, Jesus says, hey, there's a lot of stuff, two things. Love God first with everything. And the second law is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Um. Me looking for an opportunity to be, to be polite um, to my neighbor is not loving my neighbor. We won't, we won't get into too deep in that today because, again, we should spend a lot of time thinking about this and praying about this. But what does that mean to really love our neighbor? Um, this is a hard thing for us to do, and, and Jesus knew it was a hard thing for us to do, and, and it's hard for a couple of reasons. One, um, it, it requires something to change inside of our hearts. Our hearts are broken, and if you're not... Uh, in Christ Jesus today, or you don't know Christ today, then this is an impossible thing. You can't ever and will never be able to love your neighbor like Scripture calls you to because you haven't experienced that same sacrificial, unconditional, extravagant love. So that's, that's the first reason. The second reason, for those of us who do know Jesus, it's hard because we have to constantly do battle with our own selfishness, with our flesh, um, we have to, we have been called to carry on the same work that Jesus was doing while he was here. And our flesh finds a lot of reasons and excuses for not doing that. But most of the time, that is because uh, all of those reasons and justifications are because our, our eyes and our hearts are not focused centrally, firstly, um, on the gospel and what God has already done through Jesus in our lives and what he's promising us in our future for those that are in Christ Jesus. That's really it. Um, 
Romans 8, 5 says, For those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. Those who live according to the Spirit are setting their minds on the things of the Spirit. So what are the things, what are the things of the flesh? What am I going to eat today? Um, I have that work thing that I need to take care of. Um, there's physical needs. I've got to pay some bills. Um, uh, I have that baseball game, whatever. These are things that whether you know Jesus or don't know Jesus, that are part of our obligation, and, and, and so we prioritize them. The things of the Spirit would be um, thinking about what Jesus has done in, in restoring and saving us, forgiving, forgiving us of our sins, the magnitude and uh, weight of that, and then seeing how that affects and pours out into the other things in our life. As our, our human nature, um, we have to daily go back to the cross, go back to the gospel, and re-preach it to ourselves. Uh, how do we do that? How do we make sure that it stays front and central? Well, we, we go to God's Word every day. We spend time in prayer. We have fellowship with other believers that are going to go, Hey, Jordan, I know this is going on, but remember Jesus here. Or let me encourage you about this. Or let me point out this thing in your life that I, that I feel like is a stumbling block for you. If we don't go to Scripture and, and, and regularly go there and meditate on it, um, save it, protect it deep in our hearts, um, uh, look, at, look at Scripture and what it says about our sin, repent of that sin, um, then, then we, won't, this, we won't find uh, the gospel in the person of Jesus Christ as a treasure in our life. And we certainly won't share that with those around us. Um, but if we do, then we will, we will see our hearts. I promise you will see your heart transformed. You'll see um, not just affection for Christ, but affection for the lost and for your neighbor um, begin to grow. Um, now I know this, this, again, this sounds great. We've all heard this before. Love God first. Let's love our neighbors ourself. Um, what does that practically look like though? in, 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 in our lives that are full of obligation, um, uh, to a lot of things that we can't drop. Uh, and if we decide to love our neighbor, how do we just prepare ourselves for the awkwardness, the frustration, um, the difficulty that's going to come along with that. <clears throat> so first, and this is really important, if we are going to love our neighbor like, uh, like Christ loves us, like a Christ-like neighbor, then we have to love in both truth and we have to, to love in deed. Okay? Love truth and in deed, and I'll explain that. Love and truth means that we're not compromising the truth. First and foremost, we're not compromising the truth of the gospel message, and we're not compromising who we are in light, as God's people in light of that gospel message. We must be ready to boldly share the whole gospel, the gospel being that we are born sinners, all of us, separated from God and without hope of knowing him, apart from the grace that he has shown us by the death and resurrection of his perfect son, Jesus. That unrelenting love and acceptance and healing is available to anyone who humbly accepts that free but costly gift in Jesus Christ through faith. That's the gospel, okay? Um, that has to be core. That has to be what's driving this whole thing. Otherwise, it's going to feel like we're checking the box. Um, secondly, though, we have to love indeed because Jesus did this too. Jesus was giving the words of eternal life, of everlasting life, of the fountain of life to the people he interacted with. But he was meeting uh, real needs, meaning he was loving them indeed. And that's the way we have to serve and love our neighbors. We see real problems, and we do something about those problems. It's pretty simple. It's really difficult. 
This could be a physical need. You notice somebody's lawn needs to be mowing. Uh, uh, you have a conversation and realize somebody needs their kids watch for a couple hours while they take care of some things. Um, this could be a financial burden that you find someone you know in that you have been blessed with the ability to, to relieve that um, for them. It could, be, it could be an emotional need, um, a marriage that's in turmoil, um, a child that has been very difficult, um, the loss of a loved one, a death, um, sickness, disease. It could be somebody that's just life is really difficult for all of us, and they need somebody that they can sit down and have a meal with or have coffee with and just share the difficulty there um, to really get to know them, to be friends, to do the things that we do with the people that we today call friends, not our Facebook friends, like our real friends. Um, but that's, that's weird, right? That's so radical and so different than what we typically do. We put fences between our yards. We politely wave. But um, it, is, it is awkward and it is weird to step out there and do that. But that is what we're called to do because that's what Jesus did. It's what Scripture. We see this all over the gospel. We don't have time to get into all the, the, the examples of where Jesus was meeting a physical need while he was also meeting a spiritual need. But that's what Jesus did. He loved in truth and in deed, and that's what we have to do. So where do we start? <clears throat> well, it's important first that I, I kind of state the obvious here, um, that what Scripture is calling us to do in loving our neighbor this way is an impossible task for all of us in this room. It's impossible. Um, unless the Lord shows up in a supernatural way and does something, then we're not, we're not going to get anywhere with this. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be toiling. Um, it's not, it's not going to go anywhere. So understand that, that what I'm challenging us to do, what the Lord's word is telling us to do, is something that only through the empowerment of his Holy Spirit in our own lives, in the lives of, the, of your neighbors, the people that you're trying to love, something has to happen there for this to go anywhere, okay? So feel good there, but know that, that it doesn't let us off the hook. Um, I'm going to give us, I'm going to, I'm going to give us five steps that I, I just blatantly stole, um, from the gospel coalition has a Canadian website. A guy named Lucas Burton, uh, wrote this article about loving your neighbor. How do I become, how do I be a Christ-like neighbor? Um, and he gave five things. And if you Google and look for ways, how can I be uh, a Christ-like neighbor? They're all, the list is four to six and they're all kind of the same, but I like this guy's list. So that's the one we're going to go with. Um, Again, preface, shouldn't go this far back, but again, if today our treasure isn't Christ, then this is, you, we can just, you can put your fingers in the ear for the rest of, the, the rest of this message. Because if, if we don't, if it's not affection and love and treasure of Christ that motivates us to love our neighbor, then we are checking the box. We're just the keeper of the law. We're the Pharisee. We're the Sadducee. We're looking for a way to justify ourselves. Okay. So one, here are your five. You can write them down if you want to take notes. Um, it's also, I think Kevin posted these on uh, the Norris Ferries Facebook group this week. One, if we reflect on our own heart today and we find that we don't love our neighbor, then start there. Let's start by praying. Pray that the Lord would change our hearts, that the Lord would remind us of who we are, were um, before Christ, that we were, um, that we were lost um, like, a, like a sheep, without a shepherd, um, that we would have compassion on them because we would, we would, we would see our, our, ourself there, our own need there, uh, and what Christ has done. Pray for opportunity for a relationship with your neighbor. Pray that your neighbor would be receptive. Uh, I could promise you, 
uh, uh, put all my money on it, that for some of you, if we all go out and do this today, some of you uh, will, will meet resistance. And not just like, hey, thanks, I'm not, I'm not interested in having dinner, but probably some, I'm really not interested, please don't ever talk to me again, um, I'm going to build my fence higher kind of response. Um, and, and that's okay, that's, re- that's reality. But pray that hearts are softened. Pray that people are open uh, to relationship with you, open to relationship with Jesus, and start there. Two, seek. Don't just sit and wait for your neighbor to knock on your door and ask for help with something. Um, Look for opportunities to get to know them, opportunities to love and serve them. And look, if you don't spend the time to get to know them, then you won't know how to to serve them, how to love them. That's what's really difficult in um, the Norris Ferry community that we live in, that we're trying to do ministry in, Um, even in Shreveport, Louisiana, in this day and age, is that people look like most of their needs are met. Not everywhere, right? Um, but if you look around the room, you look at your neighbors. Our neighbors are, are people that are safe um, financially. Most of them are taken care of. They have lots of friends, lots of stuff. Like, they're good, right? And so if I'm going, okay, the Lord's Word tells me I need to need, get to, need to know Bill that lives next door and look for opportunities to love him. The only way I can do that is if I get to know Bill and find out how he needs to be loved and needed. That protects us from being able to check Check the box. Um, piece of scripture that was connected, that's Luke 19.10. The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. We should be about seeking. Three, invite. Um, we need to invite relationship um, into our lives. There's this great book um, uh, called The Gospel Comes with a House Key uh, that I just finished reading. Uh, our staff read it uh, a few months ago. Uh, I know a few of you in the room I've talked to about this book. Um, it's a deeply compelling, uh, uh, compelling book, um, convicting book, and it talks about this idea of Christian hospitality and that, uh, the, you know, the church in Acts 2, the one we we're all trying to model ourselves after, that this was, this was a widespread thing, this idea that we were all helping to take care of one another's needs and the needs of the poor and the needs of the widow and the orphan and the alien. Um, uh, and it's a, it's a great read, so I'll recommend that as we go, but... Um, inviting relationship in means putting aside the inconvenience that that's going to be. Um, the, the problem with loving our neighbor is, by our nature, we're great at developing friendship and loving people that look like us, okay? Oh, you love, you love the same type of food I love, or you are also uh, uh, a Chicago fan, or whatever it is. We find these connections. They look like us. Their families kind of look like us. And that's, that's an easier thing to do. Um, this, this picture we get in Luke 10 of who Jesus is saying our, 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 our neighbor is could not be more different. And most of our neighbors are not going to look like us. So again, we have to be able to see them as we see ourselves in need of Christ, in need of rescuing. Um, God made us all in his image. We're all image bearers. And so we all hold the same value and, and ultimately in the, ne- the need of the same grace. Um, four, <clears throat> share. Talking about sharing life, not just the gospel. It's got to be both. Um, looking for opportunities to share who we are in our lives with them. Uh, and this really means being authentic and transparent. Um, if you're a part of a community group here at Norris Ferry, one of the things we try to encourage is authenticity in those relationships. Uh, none of us in this room have a perfect life. 
Um, we all have different ways that we struggle, things that we fight against, sins that know our name and our phone number and come nagging at the back door. Um, we all lose loved ones. We all get sick. We're all selfish. We all have hidden sins. We, none of us are perfect, and so we should never be trying to portray that to our, our neighbors, that life is all great. And my life is great, so come over here, let me tell you about Jesus, and your life is going to be great too. Um, that's not reality. We, uh, we, we used to talk about this in our community group last year a lot. Really, me uh, being a disciple of Christ and going and evangelizing somebody who's going, I am a, a starving, thirsty man, and I've found food and great wine in, 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 in the hope of Christ, and I want to go tell another starving and thirsty man where that is. That's it. Um, I'm still broken. Life is still hard. Sin is still sin, and my flesh is still flesh. But now I have a hope. I have something outside of myself that is greater than myself that has come to rescue, to give healing, um, to give me freedom. Um, and so that's all, that's all we're doing, um, is we're, we're sharing the things that are going on in our life so that they see that we're real. Um, the most awkward people I've gone to church with or that I've known that were other believers that I've had the hardest time connecting with in my life are the people that look like things are perfect uh, because I'm looking at them. I'm going, Man, I really cannot relate to who you are and what, what your Jesus is because my life is messy. Um, my life is hard. Um, I, don't, I can't even begin to, to relate to you or to connect to you on that level because and, and it, it feels wrong because we know it's not real. So it's okay. We should, we should feel okay about sharing who we are in our whole lives. Messy house, screaming at the kids, the whole nine yards. Let's be real with other people and share our hope there. Um, lastly, number five is invest, okay? This means that we're not treating our neighbors like a project, okay? Um, Again, this is what my heart does. When I read a message like this about Jesus telling me that I should be about sharing the gospel, I should be loving my neighbor, whatever, I go, okay, who can I invite over this week? And then I can share the gospel with them. And then I can check that box. Like, it's done. So, like, some of you might come to church next week and go, Tracy, I had this uh, awesome conversation with a neighbor. Um, we're sitting in the backyard, told him about Jesus and about our church. It was awesome. Tracy goes, that's great. Where are they at now? He's like, oh, I don't know. I haven't talked to him again since... Uh, I did, you know, I did the thing. That's all I have to do, right? Um, that, that's, guys, that's the expert of the law. He's looking to justify himself. Um, uh, what about the guy? Are you willing today, because you treasure Jesus and love Jesus so much, that you have the neighbor who's difficult, grumpy, maybe just mean, curses at the dog and the kids, that you talk to about Jesus and says, I'm not interested in the Jesus thing? But then you see an opportunity to love and serve him afterwards, and then you go do it. Good enough. Oh, man, you look, cast me off, dirt off my shoes, right? Like, it's not my problem anymore. I did what I was called to do. That's not what Jesus did. That's not what we're to do. We're to continue to look for ways to love and serve our neighbor. We have to. And again, we can't do it if our affection and our hearts aren't set on Christ. Paul in 1 Thessalonians 2.8 says, when he's writing to uh, the church in Thessalonica, says, being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own lives because you've become dear to us. That happened because he got to know them. They'd lived life together. So <clears throat> most of us here uh, this morning are here because um, another believer has shared this 
this good news about Jesus and the hope that they have. Or maybe you had a Christian you knew um, that just loved you, did something well. They never talked explicitly about Jesus, but because of the way they treated you, you're like, oh, I know they're a Christian. I'm going to check out what this Jesus thing is about. And, and now you know the Lord. Um, are we willing to do that? Or, or, I mean, again, this isn't, this isn't quick work, and this isn't easy work, and this is not glamorous work, um, but it's the work that, that Christ has set, set before us. Um, and if we claim to be about the things that we're about, these are the things we have to do. Um, in closing, the last most, one, maybe the most important thing that we have to remember in the midst of this is that it's not our job um, to convert people. Um, Jesus didn't come to Jordan and say, uh, look, I need you to convince people that I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't. But he has instructed me and you to go and love people around us and offer the same life-giving hope that we have found in Jesus. We have been called to that. Um, we, have to, we have to live and act in a way, in obedience, in a way that God will be glorified in a sovereign, trusting in faith that, that the Lord's sovereignty will prevail in the midst of the things that we're doing. Um, it, it is us acting, taking the step on faith, just like we do for our own salvation. Um, whether people accept or reject our love, our act of service, the love of Jesus, is as of no consequence to our calling. Um, uh, God's work is to change people's heart. Ours is to go and tell, to be salt, to be light, to be love to those people around us. And, and, and we can't, again, we can't do that if we aren't deeply in love with Jesus. So today, this is, this is my encouragement to you. This is what Scripture has charged us to, to do, is to ask ourselves that hard question. One, do I truly treasure Christ above all else? If the answer is no, ask him to show you why. Confess it. Repent of it. Today, tomorrow, the following day, until our affections turn towards Christ. Um, if today you find no affection for your neighbor, no love, no compulsion to share the gospel with him, ask that the Lord would remind you that he would soften your heart, he would remind you of what has already been done for you, that your sins have been forgiven, you didn't deserve it, that you have hope eternal, everlasting, you, that you don't deserve, um, that you have fi- found healing, you found safety and security in a community of believers that are all trying to love Christ better together. Um, how good that is, um, and go, do I love my neighbor as much as myself that I would go out of my way uh, to love and serve them, that they might know the same Jesus? So this week, I pray, I'm going to pray here in a second, that that, that eats hard on my heart, um, that it eats hard on your heart, and that we would start by taking the first step, praying, Lord, change me. Um, use me for your kingdom and your good purposes, uh, and help me to love you more. Let me pray. Jesus, um, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word that is, um, that is hard medicine, but is so good. Um, Father, we confess that we are so selfish and we are so broken um, that the idea of consistently loving a stranger, of serving a stranger sacrificially like we serve ourselves, is a hard thing for us to wrap our minds around. But that's the way you loved us. While we were strangers, you came and died for us. 
that we may know you, that we may experience your love and your acceptance and healing and forgiveness and freedom and all of those good things. Uh, I pray that, that this morning that we would all be deeply stirred and reminded of how good you are, Father, um, how good the provision of your son Jesus is, and that that would, that would change. Something would shift deep inside of us um, to where that would overflow, that would spill out and affect everything that we do, and, and uh, especially the way that we love other people. That we, You would go before us, prepare relationships uh, that may happen tomorrow, that may happen next year, uh, that you would prepare our hearts to be generous, um, and that you would begin doing um, the work that only you can do, which is changing our hearts and changing the hearts of the people around us. We thank you, Jesus, and we ask and pray all of this in the power of your name. Thank you for listening to audio from Norris Ferry Community Church located in Shreveport, Louisiana. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Norris Ferry Community Church, please visit us online at norrisferrychurch.org.